2: What's up, fans? Welcome to the Green Industry Podcast. On the other side of that takeout window is an empty chair because I finally persuaded Mr. Producer to snug up next to me in this studio.
1: It's funny that you should say that because as I was listening to the previous episodes, I need to clarify, there's no snugging up (laughs) in this studio. It's a lot larger than people think, and so I do take great offense at snugging up. And I also want to clarify that there's a little rule that you and I have here at the Jameson Media Company. And that is that if there's two people in. The, the office area at the same time, you have to be wearing pants. And so here in the, here in the age of COVID, if it's just me, if you've gone for the day, you know, I may, I may be, you know, working without pants. It's, you know, everybody's working without pants, but I do want to confirm both of us are wearing pants for this episode.
2: Yeah. there was a time when I was doing the overnight shift and the uh, the alarm went off. And so the sheriff came over to check on me because he listened to my radio program and he's he well, he showed up to make sure everything was okay and I was in my pajamas because I, I went in at midnight. I went in at 6 a.m. The manager didn't show up till 9 a.m. I was like, they'll never know what I wear to work, being the radio DJ overnight. And then the sheriff shows up. He's like, you always wear your pajamas to work. And I was like.
1: Paul, you do know we had closed circuit cameras uh, all over the radio station.
2: Well, I, I didn't. I knew that, but I was like, "Who who's really going to watch?
1: Well, at the Christmas party, uh, <laughs> some of those episodes have oh. now, now that you're no longer there. So for people who don't realize it, Paul and I, we've known each other for four or five years uh, now. We worked at the same radio station together. Paul would relieve me after my morning show. He would come in and uh, we would just sort of cut up and developed a great friendship so that when you wind up wind up leaving the radio station, uh, then we were able to keep working together in the, in the world of podcasting. And speaking of that, I think we need to redo the show intro. Yes. Because ladies and gentlemen- it's time for the Green Industry Podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Paul Jamison, author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash. I just want to congratulate you. I see the, the numbers just keep rising.
2: I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday who was like, I can't believe you're a number one bestselling author. And I said, well, it really speaks of the community because everyone's been sharing it. You know, you're one of my favorite football players, Nick Chubb for the Cleveland Browns. Mine too. Yes. Yeah. Whenever they interview him after the game, he'll have, a, you know, two touchdowns, 138 yards. And they're like, great game, Nick. And he's very soft-spoken. He's like, I got to give all the credit to the offensive line. He's like, the, the holes are wide open. I was like, they made a job easy. And so I have to give all the credit to everybody who's out there, the Cameron Duncans, the, the um, Lamont Hairston's, the Brian Fullerton's. I could go ahead and name fifty people right now. The John Pajacks who share on Instagram, hey, I just supported Paul and Guy's book, and I in there sharing it on Instagram. That's the reason it's a number one bestseller.
1: Uh, let's be honest, you need to thank your mother. I'm guessing she probably bought about 500 copies I, in bulk. I,
2: I hope so. And my librarian that sent me to in school suspension, <laughs> he put a Facebook post because literally I was in the library and I was a I was a class clown, and he's like, you're a number one best selling author, and he bought the book, and he's like. Like I remember when I sent you to in-school suspension; it was called AEP. And uh, so things have turned around since school. <laughs> I was actually voted in my high school
1: most likely to be a topic on the Jerry Springer show. So, <laughs> so it's good that uh, you have risen above the expectations, uh, the the low expectations that uh, obviously people had
2: when you were in high school. Yeah, but just to take a play from uh, Nick Chubb, it's a huge thanks to the offense alignment to the to the community for sharing it because. There's no way it would be a number one best-selling author, you know, if just... Uh my, my mom and neighbor bought it. It's, it's the community sharing it and that built the momentum and that's how it happened.
1: And as somebody who's interviewed many authors in my radio background, uh, one of the secrets uh, is we need to make sure that the name of the book is mentioned at least seven times in the interview. So cut that grass and make that cash available where finer books are sold.
2: Yeah. And I don't know if you know this, Mr. Producer, but today it got on uh, Barnes and Noble, and Walmart, and it's going to be on other major stores like that. So Amazon's where I've been telling people to go, but it's also available at other major bookstores. True story. I had actually suggested to Paul that it uh, be
1: titled, Sell That Grass and Make That Cash. <laughs> but, but then the more, the more we thought about that, that's not Paul's character. That's not who I am. And chances are somebody's already figured out that business model. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so cut that grass, make that cash. And uh, this is a, a great guide for anybody that's wanting to get into the lawn care business. And for maybe somebody that's just come across... Um This podcast because they're thinking about getting into this line of lawn care work uh, heading into the 2021 season. Is it really possible to make significant money cutting grass? Can you really make that cash?
2: Absolutely. And the thing about the grass and and the biology of it here in Georgia, in April, it's going to start growing. It doesn't matter what's going on in Washington, D.C., it doesn't matter what's going on with the internet, it doesn't matter anything socially, politically. The biology of a, a of grass, that turf, when it gets the sunlight in the spring and some water, it's going to grow. And there's enough people out there that are going to want it cut, whether it's a business that wants it looking pristine or folks, you know, wealthy or clientele, they're going to want their property manicured no matter what's going on. So it's really one of the most recession-proof businesses to get into. However, as the economy starts you know, shaking around a little bit, there's going to be an influx of a lot of people starting a lawn care business. So the competition is going to rise. And that's why I wrote, one of the reasons why I wrote this book, it's going to help you be a cut above the competition because you're going to learn the right way to build the business. Because there's been a lot of folks that have started lawn care businesses. I've watched a lot of people in the neighborhood I work, show up and they start working and they're doing everything unprofessionally. And then a year or two later, they're gone. You can't, Sustain a business if you don't have a firm foundation. So, in the book, I really shared what I learned the hard way and how you can really build that foundation so you can have lasting success, not just a spring or summer cutting that grass and making that catch, but actually build a career out of it. As somebody
1: who has actually read the book three or four times, which I have, as a part of multiple rewrites and and by and by the way, you're you're, you're a very good writer. I just out of the gate, I was um, you beat expectations. You know, when I offered to help proofread the book. I was thinking, okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe he thinks I'm going to be the editor, just like I'm a podcast editor. And I can sometimes, you know, make things, you know, enhance them and improve them. Am, am I going to wind up rewriting? And the truth is I did not have to do that at all. You're, you're a very good storyteller. And I appreciated the fact that this wasn't a cut and dry book. So I want to clearly, uh, let anybody who's even thinking about purchasing the book know you're, you're going to find it entertaining. It's, it's got your personal personality it's got your fingerprints your DNA all over it anybody that has listened to the podcast knows you're a fun loving guy full of stories lots of laughter and so uh, if somebody's thinking is this going to tell me how to sharpen my my mower blade or you know what's the best pull cord to replace a, you know a pull cord with on a mower no it's not it's none of that dry stuff you're going to get meaty material but it's packaged with just your experiences over the last decade
2: yeah absolutely i have- have so many stories when you do this. And you guys know, for those who've been doing it for a few years, just in a week, you have some stories, just there's so many interesting customers and situations that we get into. And so I tried my best to provide humor to the stories, but also put some value in each story of what lesson I learned from that job that I just did where I lost money. I mean, I, I remember a job we did. It was a $15,000 job. I, I started cutting grass and then you'll quickly learn when you're out there, they're going to, ask you, hey, you know, can you clean gutters? Can you move my refrigerator? They'll ask you anything to do around the house. They just assume because you're the yard guy that you know how to do mulch, you know how to do pine straw, you know how to do anything and everything. And What's so- the craziest thing that someone has ever, as somebody asked you to go
1: up in their attic and get their Christmas decorations down or take their daughter out to the prom? I mean, what in all of your years, what what would you say is just either the craziest thing that, that you personally have been asked or one of your buddies since you interview so many people? people, what's what's something that just comes to mind? Are you ready to make some serious money this winter with snow and ice management services? Are you looking to position yourself as an industry professional and to protect your bottom line from issues like unstable salt prices? Don't get left out in the cold this winter. Head over to DebtFreeLandscaper.com to check out the highly sought after commercial and residential snow plowing contracts. These agreements are available for internet download and are easy to edit and make your own. DebtFreeLandscaper.com, the green industry's most professional resource for lawn and landscape contracts, hiring employees and subcontractors, and where you'll find the same money-making commercial snow contract that numerous contractors like Brian Fullerton have used to dominate the snow and ice management industry. landscaper.com Head over to landscaper.com to get access to these incredible resources today and put yourself in a position to plow through the competition.
3: Most landscapers are so tired, they just want to enjoy a little of their evening. However, you often go home and your bookkeeping from the day or week immediately demands your time. Unfortunately, because you can't give it your full energy or focus, it just sits there night after night, untouched, continually haunting you. It's costing you good cash flow, good decision making, and the peace of mind you need. Because your business demands your time elsewhere, Gulf Coast Bookkeeping provides a full-service bookkeeping solution that is guaranteed to give you your time back and your peace of mind. You can begin this partnership with us today by going to www.gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute phone call. Don't trick yourself into thinking you can handle it all. It won't be long before you're saying no to new clients or skipping dinner with your family and friends, all because your bookkeeping needs are unfinished. We'll take care of your green so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at www.gulfcoastbk.com.
1: In all of your years, what, what would you say is just either the craziest thing that, that you personally have been asked or one of your buddies since you interview so many people? What's, what's something that just comes to mind?
2: Man, there's, there's a lot of stories. And, uh, I think, you know, people wanting me to do things, you know, moving, uh, things. There's one guy and, uh, he was always kind of a mystery to me and he lived across the street and, uh, he was always cheap. Cause he'd always like, we'd be out there be like, Hey, can you can you come uh can you come edge my thing he he would mow his own yard he had a John Deere but he would never edge and he would never blow so he'd mow and he'd leave the clippings in the street and then he have no edge along the sidewalk and this isn't a country club mm. okay it's a million dollar home it lives across you know lives near uh, the um, coaches for the Atlanta Falcons big big money houses right and i was like why is it, this guy's yard look so raggedy you know what i mean so he would always say, hey, $5, $5, you don't give him $5, and, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, to edge his thing, you know what I mean? And then we'd do it, and then he wanted to give us five bucks. He w- he'd be like, oh, I don't have my money, and no cash, no cash, you know? And, and so uh, it was just such an eyesore. My customer would get mad. They're like, you know, they, they spend so much, thousands and thousands of dollars to make their property look perfect, and this guy doesn't even edge. And he gets... Uh, things from his HOA. So here's what happens. I'm over in at the other neighbor. I, I, I like route density. So I do, you know, both the neighbors, not the, not the crazy guy, but the, on the other side of the street. So I'm sitting there working. And he's like, Hey, Hey, $20, you help me move $20, you know, you help me move. <laughs> and this guy just won't wear me out. And he, he rented something from the home Depot, like a vacuum type thing. It was too heavy to get out of his car. And he's just working. me. He's like, please, please. I need to use the vacuum. $20. So finally I was like, I got to get rid of this guy, you know, to, to stop bothering me all day. So I'll just, I'll just go do this thinking I'll probably never see the 20 bucks. Cause I just know, know this guy. So I, I go over there and I help him move the vacuum from his car into his house. And he has no furniture. There's, wow. there's no, nothing in the, family room. There's nothing in any of the rooms. So I, I assumed he moved and all, all the stuff's out. You know what I mean? Or the wife moved and took everything. <laughs> yeah. So I said, where's your furniture? And he's kind of looking at me and, and he didn't have any because he was, he, he was trying to keep up the Joneses. He couldn't mm-hmm. even afford furniture and he was living in this million dollar neighborhood. And so that was shocking to me. Cause you look, I mean, if you, I, I'm not I know in my mind how big these houses are. I don't know if you guys understand. It's the nicest neighborhood in Atlanta. You know what I mean? And this guy lit, had the money to pay his mortgage, and that was it. And so it was mm-hmm. eye opening to me that in every neighborhood, there's guys that have money, and then there's guys that look like they have money. So it was it was an experience. And in the future, credit card on file. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well, that, credit card on file. That's the takeaway of vetting your customers. And that's why, you know, he wouldn't even give me five bucks. He, he didn't have the money. You hmm. know what I mean? So you just, just because you're in a nice neighborhood- you still got to be uh, Caleb Arman sharp mm-hmm. on vetting your customers. So, well,
1: certainly I know in the book you talk about uh, you know payment methods. That uh, uh, you know checks not really in the mail. <laughs> you know it may not even be uh, under the mat or in the in the grill. So you've you've got some practices, best practices that will help the newbie avoid some of those mistakes. What are a couple of other just sort of. Teaser takeaways of why somebody who's thinking about getting into the business, you know, should get the book. Uh, what are a couple of other areas that maybe they've probably not even thought about? You know, they're just excited because I don't—I'm no longer a slave to the man. I'm no longer a slave to nine to five. I get to be out in, you know, underneath God's sunshine, enjoying fresh air, but not realizing that. Yeah, it's it's still a business.
2: This is more about our culture in Instagram, right? We get on to Instagram, and for example, that guy that's got the million dollar house. If he took a picture of his house, you'd be like, "Wow, you know, like look at that! It's 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 on top of a hill. It looks awesome." But there's real. The reality is, he doesn't even have any furniture, sleeping on the floor. And so, in the lawn care business, it's the same trap. You can get on Instagram and you can look at this guy that's got an eighty thousand dollar truck and he's got a trailer with you know the newest equipment. And highest commercial grade. Next thing you know, you're like, you feel uh, inadequate because you don't have all of that equipment. And so part of why I wrote the book is I didn't start with all that stuff. I started in the trunk of a 19. 19- As we will know with a <laughs> raggedy 1987 Honda. Accord. It was a 97, <laughs> 97. Okay. But I wanted to show folks that this blueprint works where you work hard, you save up some of the money you make, and then you upgrade to a better vehicle. You upgrade to a better uh, mower. You upgrade to a better blower. And you do that gradually over time. And then the next thing you know, you have a legit setup that can help you get the job done efficiently and you have no debt with it. And then you're, you know, turning a profit. And so I think because a lot of guys think they have to have all the shiny stuff year one, that it can really set people back. Cause some guys go out and get all the shiny stuff year one, and then something happens, they get an injury or something. Now they got all these payments and low no income coming in. So I wanted to show the path that I've done because there's been a lot of critics over the years that have like, no, you, you have to have, you have to borrow money to build your business. And, you, and that is one business plan, but I actually did it debt-free from, from day one. And I built it into the working in the Nicest neighborhood in Atlanta, and you know, having the efficiency to get the job done. So,
1: in the book, you talk about, uh, and we're talking uh, with. Paul Jamieson, host of the Green Industry Podcast, and of course, author of "Cut That Grass and Make That Cash." Yeah, you talk about relational intelligence, but I think there's also uh, economic um, in intelligence or capabilities as well. You know, for some people that really understand finances, they might be able to to properly leverage you know debt into a way to grow their business in, in a in a safe way, right, right. but in a fast way. But let's be honest: if you don't live in that world, you can easily find yourself uh, in debt. And, and unable to to get out of that spiral, you know. Probably for most of us, it, we, we're probably a lot safer, you know, going that route of of maintaining debt free approach uh, to what we're doing. And certainly, I know that uh, you've been greatly influenced by Dave Ramsey, and even share some of his principles uh, in the book.
2: Yeah, and it's a trap because there's this zero percent interest. Is if you go into the dealer, well, that, I can get you see a monthly payments, no interest, and you're thinking, oh, well, it would be better just to do the monthly payments, but they jack up the end price. I've literally gone in there and a mower, I'll get a lot of money off the mower just by paying cash. And, uh, they'll give you a lower price and just pay for it all up front and then you own it. Mm -hmm. So, but I wanted to, mention on the relational intelligence, because this is something that I think is important. I had somebody from Kansas city reach out to me the other day and he's like, Hey, and he had it. he was, he was super sincere with this question. He said, can you help me get Patrick Mahomes as my customer? <laughs> that was this, I thought he was kind of being sarcastic, but he was, he was being completely serious. Well, you know, Paul, as much as you talk <laughs> about some of these uh, people's uh, yards
1: that you've uh, gotten here in the ATL, I, I, it's not that far out of a question.
2: Right. So what he was, he was being being serious. And I, I, so I responded, I matched his question. He's like, he's being serious. So I'll, I'll give him the actual blueprint. And it works in what I wrote in my book about relational intelligence is to get into that stream of people, their mindset, they're not thinking about price. Their mindset is they want quality and they want it done perfectly. And they don't want you out in the front yard, taking a selfie or asking for an autograph. They, they're, they're a professional, right? Patrick Mahomes is a professional quarterback, probably, you know, the most famous quarterback, one of the top five in the NFL right now. He's a professional. So what he's going to attract, what he wants to attract is other professionals. And so I hope I did a good job. I poured my heart into that chapter, helping us realize we need to be professional, Not asking for autographs out there, not asking for pictures, carrying ourselves—an actual mistake that you had made at one point, where you were trying to get some
1: swag, you know, from. Yeah, well, my
2: first time, I I was new at all this, being around celebrities and things of that nature. I, I just. I mean, I had met LeBron in high school, and I, I actually had written that question. Now we'll come <laughs> to that later because I understand that you were
1: talking some smack with the king uh, when you were a younger guy. So a little tease there. We'll, we'll come back to that story either today or tomorrow. But uh, but keep going.
2: So I I, I didn't have too many too many experiences, and certainly not in a professional setting of being around the you know, famous people. And so I was in someone's home. They were one of the coaches for the Falcons and, you know, really nice home. And it was around Christmas time and they had all these Julio Jones, Matt Ryan's helmets, shirts, hoodies, I countless. They were all over the place. And I was thinking, you know, my cousin likes the Atlanta Falcons and I like Cleveland Browns, so I wasn't too thrilled about the Falcon stuff, but I was like, man, if I got him a Julio Jones autograph shirt for Christmas and there's, you know, there's just three or four of them just sitting right there. What, what's the deal if I have one, you know? So I blurted out and I was like, you think you can get me a Julio Jones autographed, you know, Jersey. And the lady kind of looked at me cause I was in her home because she was, this was back before I had prepay. <laughs> so she was cutting my check and she's like, Hey, come on in Paul. And how are you doing? And just very friendly folks. And I asked her that. And she kind of looked at me and I could tell now I made her uncomfortable because I went from professional Paul to be in a leech to asking for something and mm-hmm. people that, that if you don't want to do Patrick Mahomes yard, ask him for his autograph. As soon as you do that, forget about it. You're, you're, they're going to cast you off as you're not going to be able to be in that inner circle of a professional.
1: What if you offered him the uh, Patrick price or the, uh, or the, <laughs> the Rogers rate? You've you been think? watching too much <laughs> TV, Mr. Producer.
2: <laughs> if you guys didn't catch that joke, good for you. <laughs> Diverting
1: away from uh, lawn care for just a moment, because you are such a, a a good storyteller. Do you have any fun stories of of interactions uh, with the the rich and
2: famous that uh, you might be at liberty to, to, yeah, to tell? One of the best days of my life. So, the defensive coordinator at the time. They would stay in what we know as Buckhead. It's, it's you know, a few miles from downtown Atlanta. But on a Saturday night, they would stay at the team hotel there in Buckhead and then bus over to the Georgia Dome. This was before Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And so there was the Georgia, or pardon me, it the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers versus Atlanta Falcons, NFC Championship. And so the coaches at the... The, the team hotel the night before the game. He's like, Hey, you think you can take my wife and her girlfriends down to the game? I'll, you know, you can drive my Benz and, um, th- they, uh, you know, need a ride down to the game and then I need to ride home afterwards. So he's like, you available, you know, well, you got it going on Sunday. That's a lot more interesting than helping get something out of some joker's car,
1: you know, and, and helping him move it, yeah. you know, into the house so, with no so, furniture. So I'm,
2: you know, I actually, uh, he's like, you have anything going on? Well, I did. I, I worked at the radio station where we met. I had a so, that, so that's when you called and asked if I could cover for you. I remember. <laughs> and So I needed to get. I so I told him ah, I got nothing going on. You know, I'm mean, I'll figure it out. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna call off sick and you'll see me down on the sideline of the Falcons game. Uh, so there's no turning back. And uh, <laughs> I I so I pick him up and he's got a brand new Mercedes Benz. I'm used to my truck. You know, I have to turn the key and sometimes it wiggles. And this is one of those cars. This was a long time ago. Yeah, push, you button. push the button. Well, back then, <laughs> now they all have push button. Back then, I'm, I, I literally asked, "Where? Where's how do you turn it on?" <laughs> oh,
0: embarrassing! Oh,
2: so I, I finally figure, <laughs> I finally figure out how to turn this thing on. We drive down to downtown Atlanta. And uh, they're like, okay, now when we get there, the uh, the state highway patrol guy is going to pull you over, you know, or or, uh, wave you over. So we get down there. There's all the tailgaters. It's packed. I'm in this brand new Benz. We get there, and then the state uh, the state highway patrol guys, they all wave me in and then a dog starts walking around the car. And then we go and we park right next to Julio Jones. He's, he's got his white Rolls Royce and I'm just like, he, he was at the game, but the cars are there. You know, I was like, that's a nice car. Oh yeah, it's Julio, you know, and, and, and we're down there. So then I go to the game and I'm praying because if they lose and I have to drive the coach home after losing oh. the NFC championship, <laughs> I literally, I didn't eat any, and they usually fast and pray for, you know, God to help you live right or whatever. Thing. I'm sitting there, God, the Falcons better win. <laughs> I'm I'm not getting in that car. So I literally was you know, this the year that they went on to the Super they, Bowl? They, following they blew, that? Yeah, they blew out uh, Ricardo Allen. Our friend had an interception, and okay. they they won and uh, went on to the historic So Super Bowl. had they
1: brought you back for the Super Bowl game, maybe things might have been different because yeah, you would par- have been fasting par- and praying.
2: Yeah, par- partially. And they already offered me season tickets for the next year. They said that, uh, hey, we got you, because uh, I, that wasn't the first time I had done that. I, I had taken mm-hmm. them to the other games, and they kept winning, and it was a great experience. So, hey, They said, Paul, they were completely serious. like, next year we got you season tickets, and you're our chauffeur. You got it? And I said, yes, sir. And uh, anyway, they ended up losing the Super Bowl, and he got fired, and I never had But But there are a lot of Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl champion
1: T-shirts that are available (laughs) uh, in Africa. You see them all over. On
2: yeah, so they so they end up winning. And uh, it was just wild. After the game, we're down there in the parking lot doing champagne. Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan. Was, this, if you're not into football, you wouldn't know these names. But Kyle Shanahan was our the coordinator. His dad's Kyle. So I'm down there. And uh, the coach's wife had a little too much to drink. And so we're standing down there, li- li- literally, OK? Julio Jones, the wide receiver, and, and the coach that I drove down are standing just right over here, over my shoulder. And they're talking about how Julio's ankle's doing, OK? And I'm over there with the coach's wife. And Mike Shanahan, who's a Hall of Fame co- I, don't, I think he's in the Hall of Fame. He's a he's a big time coach.
1: Denver Broncos yeah. uh, coached the
2: Raiders at one point in time. Yeah. So this lady had a little too much to drink, and everyone's happy because you know, they won the Super Bowl. And she's like, Mike, hey, have you met Paul Jameson? She's like, You know Paul Jameson? And I'm sitting there, I cut the <laughs> lady's grass. Okay. And she's in there making me sound like the the celebrity. And he's, you know, he's looking like it doesn't ring a bell and he's you know, he's like, Hey, nice to meet you, Mike Shanahan. Like, I don't know who he is. You know what I mean? I'm sitting uh, there I'm like, yeah, hey, Paul Jameson, you know. A wide receiver <laughs> Ohio State, uh, uh, class of uh, 2005. I cut her grass, but I didn't say nothing. <laughs> so it was it was wild. You know, you got Mike Shanahan to your left, you have Julio Jones to your right, and then uh, you know I drove him home, and he's he's we get home, and the, the Falcons played the early game, so he's like, hey, you got any plans? And I had the relational intelligence to say no, <laughs> and he's like, ah, come come sit on the couch and watch the Patriots uh, Patriots Texans. He's like, let's see who we're gonna play in the Super Bowl. So I sat there and watched the game with the defensive core. And it was, for those of you who like football, it's unbelievable because Brady would get under center and he is like, it'll be handoff to the right. This, he probably nine out of 10. He'll be like play action. It'll roll out. I mean, he he would just sit there before the play, he'd tell me exactly what Tom Brady would do because he could see the defense, and then he'd know that Tom Brady read the defense, and, and ch- it was a chess match. And I was like, "What?" I mean, it was unbelievable.
1: You didn't chime in and say it looks like cover two, uh, the safety's <laughs> creeping up. Uh,
2: no, I, I, I just kept asking, like, "All right, what's going on here?" And he's like, <laughs> "He's like the outside linebacker's faking a blitz, he'll drop back cover." I mean, just just kept nailing it, and. Uh, so that was that was a really cool uh, experience. And again, to reiterate the point that I made in the book, I had to learn the hard way to keep my mouth shut and to be professional with these people. Because if I would have been sitting there like, Oh, Mike Shanahan, can I have your autograph? Then they would have they wouldn't have taken me around their circle anymore. So I had to match that level of professionalism. Can you think of some other examples? Because
1: not everybody's going to to be cutting grass in exclusive uh, neighborhoods. Uh, can you think of another example where that relational intelligence might come into play? So I'm 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 a newbie. It's my first year. I'm starting out. What's something that an everyday person's going to encounter?
2: Absolutely. So my my rule that I've developed just doing this now into the second decade doesn't matter what neighborhood you're in you let the customer dictate how far the conversation goes because they're going to talk to you a lot they're going to come out and if they say hey Paul how was your weekend it's Monday morning they ask me how my weekend was I say it was good and then I'll just I'll, I'll Match where they went, they took the conversation. My weekend was good, thank you. How was yours? So now I'm going to ask them. But what I've noticed a lot of guys do is they're out there, you know, with their cutoff shirt and their boxers are hanging out, and then they start, you know, telling the customer, Hey, what's up, man? and you know, trying to be all friendly. And what happens is the customers, they don't like that. And so I only go as far, it doesn't matter what neighborhood is, if they ask me, then I'll take the relation. I'll take the conversation to the whatever level they said. And anything outside of that, I just stay focused on doing excellent quality work. Mm-hmm. And there's really not that much communication that needs place. If you read my book and and do my blueprint of having the card on file, everything in order. You you know you really could go a year. There's some of my customers I don't see them for three or four months. N- never even see them. We just show up. They pay us the first of the month, so nothing to worry about. We're doing a great job. Maybe they'll drive by after four months and put the window down as they're, you know, they're pulling out of the driveway and we're there. Hey, everything looks good, Paul. Keep up the good work. Those are my favorite, you know, but what happens is sometimes guys overstep their boundary and it, it, you're not going to eventually be Patrick Mahomes' long guy, long term. that's, you know, how, how it goes. No, I got it. Have you ever
1: had to extract yourself from a conversation and what's the strategy for doing that? Maybe you've got a customer that just loves to talk, uh, and, and you've got another client you've got to meet with. Uh, how do you like to yeah, just the, the,
2: the two words that this is super important. If, if you could even write these down or get a tattoo or something, full schedule, those are my two words: full schedule. Uh, you know, I'll say, "Hey, Mrs. Jones," I said, "We got a super full schedule today." And I, you know, and I just—those are the two words I use to transition out of that because that will happen all the time. They'll just want to carry on, and we have eight more yards to do. And you know the traffic around here, Marty. You, you don't want to be driving around at 5:30 around Metro Atlanta. So we would always, you know, try to get done as soon as we can in the day, simply mm-hmm. because of traffic. Now, some of y'all, I've been out on tour. You don't have traffic, so you're not as tight on time as we are. Are, but I have to hustle, and so those are my uh, transition words. Hey, we have a really full schedule today. Got to you know go bang out the next one, and you're not going to hurt any feelings because that's that's very understandable. That reminds me, um, I've got.
1: A letter here to uh, what are
2: you, Rush Limbaugh over there.
1: <laughs> my formerly nicotine. Well, no, I don't smoke, but even though I do have a Snoop Dogg smoking jacket, I, I don't smoke. Um, this is my rate increase letter. I'm informing you here officially on the podcast that Mr. Producer's rates are going up. I'd learned that from you. Had not thought about that. And there's also a talent fee for today. So, so I'm not. I'm not offering you know these guest hosting services is free of charge. Yeah. I've got got kids to feed.
2: People love you so much. Like, why don't you have, you know, Mr. Producer in studio more (laughs) often? I was like, wait, wait till you, uh, (laughs) (laughs) my bookkeeper understands why someone actually asked my bookkeeper the other day. I'm I'm doing my profit monthly meeting with Megan and Joey Coberly. And they're like, you know, we had one of your listeners call us and, and do a consultation. And they asked us, they're like, is Mr. Producer real? So in the middle of the
1: conversation, just it's not a business related question. That's what they're they, like. They can ask you them.
2: tell me? And and she's like, Well, someone's somebody's getting paid. Somebody's
1: cashing. <laughs> somebody's cashing the
2: check. Oh well, if we sell enough books, maybe we could uh, we could get another line item to have you in the studio a little more often. And of course, uh, we are talking. I'm Mr. Producer. I'm Marty. We're
1: talking with Paul Jameson. Cut that grass. Make that cash now available. Of course, uh, as a digital download at Amazon, uh, you can get the paperback. I think you said about a three to four day turnaround uh, on the paperback. In tomorrow's episode, we'll talk a little bit about the audio book. Uh, so we want to let you guys know the interview, it's not over. It's going to continue. So I hope you will come back uh, tomorrow for part two of this Amazing! What I hope is it's just an entertaining interview with Paul Jameson.
2: Yeah, and I'd really, guys, I, I poured my heart and soul into this book. And I, you know, it would mean the world to me to have your support and uh, do me a solid and, and pick up a copy today. I think you will definitely find value in it. And uh, I certainly would be uh, grateful and appreciative if you read Cut That Grass and Make That Cash. And certainly,
1: Paul, so many of the people that um, are consistent listeners, this is a great way just to sort of thank you for what you've poured into their life. Uh, what are we now at like 330 episodes? I mean, you know, almost literally one for every day of the year. You've been podcasting for a couple of years, but the aggregate total of, of episodes now, think of just all the camaraderie, the friendship, the encouragement that Paul has given to you guys. This is a chance to show a little love back. Would you grab a, oh, no, in fact, I'm going to, I'm going to be bold. Would you grab a couple of copies, you know, one for yourself, maybe one to share with a team member or just a young guy who's starting out uh, in the business. It's a great way just to, to thank Paul for the hard work that you've poured into to everyone's life.
2: Thank you, Mr. Producer. Is that it? Is that how are Thank you, Mr.
1: Producer. Well, I you know, I all those commercials. <laughs> and now back to the best yeah, well, producer see, I, I, in the biz. Yeah, well, it's While, easier when you're on the you're, it's easier when you're in the office cuz I got uh, you I got to it over to you but when I you're gotta, here. I got to take a sip of water <laughs> and a leak. So, this is a good a good point for us to bail. Uh. Truly, I don't think there's ever been a better time to learn the secrets of how to properly install pavers and retaining walls. Our good friend, Caleb Allman, has years of knowledge and experience, and he has his upgraded comprehensive guide videos available right now at thehardscapeacademy.com. Guys, these aren't your local hardware store's DIY YouTube videos. Caleb will take you in-depth into planning, safety, materials, base, compaction, drainage, regulations, efficiency, and so much more. This course is endorsed by Paul Jamison, and it's your opportunity just to expand your business potential by learning from highly regarded hardscape professional Caleb Allman. Get started now at
2: thehardscapeacademy.com. Hey guys, my friend Jason Roll Tide Creole has officially launched his Weed Control and Fertilization Academy. Now, this is for someone who's wanting to learn the ropes, how to profitably and professionally offer weed control and fertilization services. What you will receive is over 100 exclusive videos in the course, learning the business, and you're going to receive the Lawn Business Mastery, plus the Lawn Care Life Conference videos. And yeah, that's right. What do they say, Marty? But wait, there's more. You will also get lawn care letters plus weed control and fertilization documents included. All you gotta do is use the link in today's Green Industry Podcast episode notes and you'll get Jason Creole's Weed Control and Fertilization Academy for only $397. That is an absolute deal. Click on the link in today's show notes and get to learning from the best Jason Creole.
1: Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. Sure, the episode's over, but you can stay connected with Paul on Instagram at Paul Jameson, also at Green Industry Podcast. On his YouTube, it's Paul Jameson. And if you're ready to take your business to the next level by raising your rates, please check out Paul's rate increase letter. It's a plug-and-play document that will help you professionally communicate with your existing customers of why you're increasing their rates. Paul's rate increase letter and links to other products and services that you heard about during the episode available in today's show notes. And thank you for listening.
2: Uh, Paul, did did you hit the button? The button, look, the time stamp's going.
1: All right, just checking. (laughs) Just checking. Oh,